0: amen you know if um we find a good restaurant you know a place that satisfies that hunger right we uh, we long to go back there and then eventually what, what do we do we we want to tell our friends right that this here, this place is a party you know this this place is good good food and uh that's uh, what Jesus is talking about to um, his, his hearers in the passage we're going to look at. Is that he, he's always talking about the kingdom of God as a party. He's saying this is the place, man. This is where you will encounter what you're you're hungry for, and and you'll you'll want to tell others, man. This place is good. This is some good groceries over here. And it, it's, it's five stars and just, you know, um, uh, you know one dollar sign. You know, that's always the best thing to see those two together, right? And, and, and as he's talking to his, his hearers, he, he's saying that he's regularly throwing a party. And, and that's what the kingdom is like. But Jesus doesn't throw surprise parties, but he always throws a surprise into the party that he describes. He's just always throwing that in, so that, that's what we're going to see here in uh, both a, a real encouraging, enlivening word, but also a challenging word, uh, a, a word that will um, give us uh, um, a uh, little, little bit of a oh, yeah, a little bit of a oh. Uh, a challenging word about how we respond when we, when we do indeed engage with Him and what we are looking for we find. And what then does He call us to do in response? As we, we celebrate the power of, of the resurrection over sin and death. It, it's not one, that, as we'll see about this party, that we just keep and celebrate in, in our own uh, little... Um, uh, Little party, but we are sent to invite others to that party. All right, it's uh, um, Matthew or Luke uh, chapter 14, um, starting with verse 15, found on page 849 in our, uh, our Pew Bible. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word, as uh, we've heard. It is where we find words of life, where we find the words of your kingdom, uh, the, the words of what it means to follow after you and be your people and, and celebrate you in all that we say and do. Uh, so meet us, teach us, may your spirit help to, so that we all will hear together and individually what you are saying to us. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, uh, um, chapter 14 of Luke, starting with verse 15. Hear the word of the Lord. One of the dinner guests, on hearing this, said to him, said to, to Jesus, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they, all alike, began to make an excuse. The first said to him, I bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I've just been married and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. First, recognize the, the context, the situation in which Jesus tells the story. Once again, you know, somebody says something and Jesus answers them with a story. that, Then we're set to apply in what he's saying. What, what we're told is that there's this one of the folks that are hearing him, probably one of the religious leaders of the day. You know, he gathered with Jesus as they were gathered listening to him and eating with him. And he said, you know, blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. You know, blessed is the one who gets to be with God in the future, looking ahead to that future day. And then Jesus tells this story. And he tells this story in, in a way to challenge the religious folks of the day because they've grown rather comfortable in their religious habits, in their religious structure, in their religious community. And Jesus is trying to shake them up. And that's why uh, he responds with this story. And he ends with the story with a very challenging, cutting remark. For I tell you... you He's telling the story in third person. Then at the very end, he then turns to the crowd and says, I tell you, now those who are invited, none of those who are invited, will taste my dinner. So the story... Then how does that relate to Jesus responding to this man with this statement um, as he's representing folks that sometimes in our religious habits and religious structures and religious community can grow comfortable? That we're okay, you know, and just sort of just celebrating we get to be with Jesus in heaven. And Jesus corrects that. By challenging, you know, the religious people of the day. All right, so he sends the folks... That now, uh, just a cl- little bit of, about the understanding of the context of this parable. Um, in the first century, it would be normal that you send out two invitations for a party like this. Sort of like today, you know. Some, a lot of times, w- folks have big parties, uh, folks get engaged, they send out a save the date you know, kind of card or they send out a save the date kind of Facebook message, you know, those, those kind of things. And then they send out the formal invitation later. Well, in the first century, when you threw a party like this, you know, it wasn't like you could throw a party and invite, you know, 250 people and just sort of call up Jerusalem catering. Hey, we got 150 folks coming. Can you provide for them on this day? It just didn't work. You know, you, there weren't folks that were coming to the party that day and they call you up, you know, people would do. Today and say, Hey, I'm coming. What can I bring anything? Did you forget anything anything? And you say, Yeah, I need some ice. Just stop by the UDF there and get some ice. Yeah, it just didn't happen in those days. So you send out the first, you send the servant out with the first invitation. And he tells them, this party's going to come on this date, which would have been weeks or months later. So put it on your calendar. And are you going to come or not? You know. So they knew even then people didn't RSVP very well, and so they made sure the servant got the RSVP in the moment. But when they responded, then that was yes, we're going to be there. So when the servant got back from the first invitation, called told his boss, "Man, we got a great party. We got 150 people coming to to celebrate this." Okay, great. So we need this many chickens you know this many lamb this many ducks you know this many sheep and we got to get them ready and start to say which ones are we going to slaughter then and you know so it was a rather involved gathering for this kind of party so once then so the first invitation went out everybody would have known it would have agreed they were going to come and then when the second invitation went out to say all right the party's ready it would have been no surprise yeah, you know, they would have already said they were coming and would have committed to coming. So the servant goes out the second time. All right, party's ready. Come on, man. Everything's done. The fatted calf is, is slaughtered. It's smelling good. You're going to love it. He does a great thing with the lamb. So you got to be sure to get it. You know, so he's excited and he's going out and he's going and talking to the folks that they've invited. And they all have excuses. You know, and they're actually excuses. There's no reasoning there. I mean, even anybody in the first century, and even today, you read these and you're like, you did what? You're not going to come because you bought a piece of land and you need to go look at it? You know, they didn't have internet, you know, realty then. You know, you didn't buy land, you know, with pictures and stuff. You, you would have checked it out and you would have gone and there's no emergency land purchase in the first century. You know, it just wasn't like you had to do it right then and there. And and the same thing with buying oxen. You know, so it's uh, five yoked oxen, so ten of them. You know, the 2 they're yoked together. You you don't buy them and then go check them out. I mean, you, nobody calls the used car lot and says, Yeah, I I want to buy that car. I haven't seen it, haven't driven it, but I'll buy that car. Here, full price. And then go check it out after you've bought it. And certainly, you... I mean. Las Vegas would have been a long journey from Jerusalem in those days. So you didn't get married on the spur of the moment either. So it all would have been known. There were no surprises. And this was excuse after excuse. Where basically, the people were saying, I got other stuff more important than you. That's what they were saying. As religious folks, as folks that are you know a lot of church goers in here right now. There's a challenging word here. It's the challenging word that, that the most dangerous place the Church of Jesus Christ can be is feeling safe and secure. Because when we feel safe and secure, then we don't really need Jesus, right? Yeah, things are going okay. And and when when Jesus who's always on the move who's always leading us into new places, always taking His good news into places that it hasn't been and doing that in and through us, we've might we got to be careful we don't fall in the same trap that the religious leaders of the first century did. Here was God in the flesh, Yahweh, right in front of them that they could see and they could touch and they could hear and they not only didn't see Him, not only did, did they ignore Him, but they even opposed Him. And we don't want that. We don't, we don't want that as folks who are seeking to follow Jesus. That's why I think I think it's a blessing that we as a church seek to be a multicultural congregation in an urban setting. That that's who we are and what God's called us to be. And that's a great place to be because if, you're, if, we're trying to, if we're trying to live into the reality of the power of the resurrection that we're seeing about, if we want to live into that reality where we know the power of the cross has destroyed all walls between us and God and us and one another, and we want to live into that in its fullness, in the, the, the fullness of the kingdom of God, then you know what? We're not going to be safe and secure. That's just not an easy journey. I mean, just read the newspapers, right? Just watch the news. Breaking down barriers of economics and class and and race and ethnicity. That is not something that will make us nice and safe and secure that will keep us on our knees that'll keep us wondering what god is doing will keep challenging us to follow after the ways of jesus and knowing we've got to depend on him it is his work and not ours i mean that that to me is the part of the excitement of the party living into that of demonstrating in our real lives the power of the cross that's, and I, I just want to say thank you. I mean, you're here, most of you are here because you know that. We don't hide that, right? I mean, we pray it regularly. We want to connect in Jesus no matter our differences. We want to serve the world like Jesus no matter the cost. You want to celebrate Jesus no matter the circumstances, right? That's, that's who we are, what we want to be, and you're here for that. And I just want to stop and say thanks. Thanks for coming to the party. Thanks for being a part of the party. Thanks for saying, yeah, that was, is challenging, and that's not safe and secure, but that's where Jesus is calling us. Yeah, because that's, as, as we've talked about, not necessarily the most prominent work of the church in our nation. Because it's not easy. Because it really challenges us. So thanks For those of you that are here, that have bought in to this. Sensing God's calling us to do this, but knowing that it's going to push us to our knees. But you know, man, aren't there powerful celebrations that that we just see in the party? that We we recognize what a powerful party it is. I mean, Keith and Brittany, just being with you all on last Sunday. You know, just being with y'all and Saniah and Jeremiah and Caden and, and baptizing y'all, you know, and, and just celebrating with with y'all together, the whole whole family up front. I mean, there was such a... I, I lived on that joy for most of the week. I mean, that that party went on. So thank you for letting us enjoy that and celebrate that party with you. Yeah, you know, even even at Ed Loop's funeral on then Monday. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? We have a party at funerals. But that's the power of the cross. That's the power of the resurrection. Yeah, and, and, and April and joining with y'all and the family and, and just knowing Ed's story. You know what? One of the ways that, that Ed was a, a father and grandfather to that, in that family for 30 plus years is because he knew April's dad. And at April's dad's death, as he was dying, he asked Ed, Ed, will you take care of my family? And so he did. And, man, we, had, we celebrated at his funeral, the occasion of his death, man. We were, we were filled with joy as, as Noah got up here and Shannon and Joseph and each one just told him how Ed took them to Boy Scouts, took them on trips, took them out of the, um, out of the state, uh, took them to the choir, um, took them to Sunday school and just took them to all different places and poured into them. And, when, when, and Joseph sat up here and shared, you know, he taught me that to hate is easy. But to be a real man of strength, you got to know how to love. Yeah, you know, I mean, man, I was living off of that all week, too. I mean, it was a, it's been a party, all, even at the occasion of death. And that's what we get to celebrate because we're invited to the party. Uh, Cindy, I asked Cindy Brown also to share with us another party story.
1: Good morning and afternoon, depending on whether your watch is fast or slow. Um, um, Pastor Drew asked me to come and share with you about how this church has become involved with the NECO organization um, to host a monthly training session for young adults, mostly women, who have recently aged out of the foster care system. NECO contracts with um, Hamilton County, Um, in order to facilitate the training and oversight for um, and of foster kids and foster families Um, and also to help equip the foster kids after they become 18. I, along with other members of this congregation, have come alongside these NECO youth. Volunteers have provided um, a wonderful lunch for each session. Um, They've donated gift cards that the kids will use throughout the month to help them out. Um, and there's also a group of women who have attended these, we- these monthly gatherings. We're slowly getting to know these kids. Penny Sauer was even invited to teach about finances at the last gathering. As is often the case, God has bigger plans than we do. Um, one of the young women in the group was due to deliver a baby this month. Her NECO friend suggested and helped to plan a baby shower. We hosted this baby shower here. When the church showed up, we gave her lovely and useful and much-needed baby gifts, and her cup overflowed. One week later, um, and two weeks before her due date, Kristen Martin activated our group chat because Mom was on the way to the hospital, and she was going to have her baby two weeks early. Um, The church stepped up again. We were able to quickly um, make sure that this mom was not going to be alone at the hospital during this life-changing event. I was able to spend some time at the hospital with this mom and her friends which also included our baby shower planner. So while spending time at the hospital, um, I ended up going down to the emergency room with the Neko friend because she would not been feeling well and so she needed to be checked out. Um, I ended up sitting with this very scared young woman and I was able to speak with her about faith and about scripture and how the Lord can um, help us not to be afraid. She um, shared with me how um, she was exposed to faith as a young child. Um, um, during, and She had many happy memories of spending time with um, a faithful foster family. We talked about Isaiah 49:16, where in the NIV it says, See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. And so she asked me, So I write God's name on my hand, and I said, no, he writes your name on his. And she had never heard that before. Um, Soon the doctors um, gave her a clean bill of health, and we were able to go back upstairs to visit with our friend who was in labor. I ended up spending the evening um, encouraging this soon-to-be mom um, and was allowed to watch her as her fear turned into courage and confidence throughout this evening. She began to realize that she could do this. Um, I was not there for the big event and I will spare you all the details. But um, mom and baby are doing fine and she has a beautiful little girl. Um, We've been able to continue to support this woman um, and to encourage her when she's tired and she just needs a friend to talk to. So what else do we do when um, our friends have a baby? We provide meals, and again, the church has been able to step up. More families are becoming involved um, as they prepare and bring meals for this young mom. So there's room for the church there. And now since this um, weekend, I have become texting and phone buddies with my newfound neko friend, the baby shower planner. We've been able to spend some more time together. I have to tell you, this journey has has not been easy for me. I've spent a lot of time wringing my hands. Um, what if I do something wrong? What if I say something stupid? What should I say at all? Um, so last week, as Drew was talking about that 2 a.m. phone call, I was not very amused. I just wanted him to stop talking to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ended up receiving um, the best advice from one of the NECO case workers, her name is Erica Berger and she responded with just two words that have changed the way I now approach my relationship just listen because when I just listen the Holy Spirit has room to tell me what to say he helps me give this young woman the type of support that she needs the most and also when I just listen I can hear this woman's story I can honor her, and I can allow her to feel valued. The Lord is using this church's new relationship with Echo to invite outsiders to his party. Um, And I invite you to join in with us. I have told you only about two young women, and there are more. Um, I have watched God work on my friend. Um, She's looking forward soon to walking in through the doors of our church. This past Friday, as I was visiting with her, she shared with me a question. She said, if I come to your church, do you think that your pastor would lay hands on me and pray? Amen. God is good. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Cindy. Joked with Cindy. Um, I said, "Well, okay. Be sure to fill those forms out in triplicate about praying with people um, uh, in the uh, in the service, and then we can do that. We take care of that." (laughs) But just to give little pieces that this is a party that Jesus hosts, that Jesus takes care of. We don't even have to plan the party. We're just inviting folks to participate. And back, back to the story that, that Jesus tells. So the servant comes back and tells him, you know, well, these folks aren't coming. And so he says, all right, well, then go. Go, go to the street and the alleyways. Go to, go to the people. Go to the cripple, the lame, and the blind. Go to the people that, that don't get invited to these parties. Go, go to the, the people that society says are outsiders, that are outcasts. Go to them. And the servant comes back and tells him, all right, I've gone to them. There's still room. There's still room at the party. Well, then the, what does the master say? All right, go. Well, then go in the highways. Get on the interstates. You know, go to the interstates. Go to the, it's it, actually the best translation of the second word there is hedges. Go to the hedges. What do we build hedges for? Hedges are boundaries. says, go to the boundaries. Go to the boundary lines. Reach over those boundary lines. Cross through the boundary lines. Bring them in because this party is for everyone and anyone who will hear the the invitation. Go get them. And then, you know what's wild? And Jesus does this a couple times. That's where the story ends. This is one of his techniques where he stops. He doesn't tell you what happens. What, I, what happens? What happens? Does, does he go? I mean, we need resolution. We, just, we need a Hollywood ending here. You know, where does he go? Well, the reason that he does that it was a teaching technique that he would use and was used. He does it a couple times. But he doesn't tell the end of the story because what he's telling his hearers, you now write the script. And you're going to write the script with your life. You're the servant. Do you go? On the highways? Do you go to the hedges? Do you go and invite folks to the party? That, that go? For us, you know, think about the block party. Is there not a perfect, another perfect illustration of this passage than right there? The party's planned. You, you got folks on stage. Food's going to be there. You got folks jumping in bounce houses and playing cornhole. You got prayer tents. You got folks talking about Jesus yeah, and a host of other things. Just go. Just simply invite folks to this party. If they don't come, they don't come. You don't have to say some of the things Jesus said. Just go find some of the people that will. Just invite them to the party and enjoy and celebrate. And and some of you know we've got a capital campaign that we're planning. We'll be talking more about over the course of the fall. I just want you to know the capital campaign, we're really basing on this passage. So the capital campaign isn't so that you can have a man cave here. Um, It's not so that you, you get a newly designed bedroom. You know, or the, your, your bathroom gets updated or the, the kitchen, you know, gets rearranged. It's not because it's, it's not for the insiders. The capital campaigns for the outsiders. I mean, we, we want this place to, to be a part of what, what the master was telling his servant. Go out there and compel. We want this place to shout when people drive by or when they just drive into the parking lot or they walk into the door. We want it to to shout, you're welcome. This place is for you. We want it to shout, this place is relevant to your life. This is the place where you will encounter the living God in your real life. That's what this is for. Uh, so as we hear hear more about it, you know, I want you to be thinking in those terms. Not what's your favorite thing or your favorite place or what you do or don't, but what best shouts as the servant to and the highways and the hedges to compel others to come and hear of Jesus. We've already shared just a few of the ways that it's a party. We've been singing about how it's a party. Because of the forgiveness that we find in Jesus. Because, as Helen was describing, the life that we find in Jesus. The meaning and the purpose, the truth. And we want to invite others. I, mean, I want it. You want it. And most importantly... We know that Jesus wants it. Amen.